Hello, this is Dennis Thomas with Things That Matter, where we speak about everything from faith to finance and all things in between. So here we are, ready to pick up from where we last left off, which was the story of Cain and Abel. As we know, Cain was a farmer. Abel was a skilled shepherd. Both of these brothers bring sacrifices to the Lord. One sacrifice was done in faith. God accepted that sacrifice. The other one was not. Cain, who brought the sacrifice that was not brought in faith, was jealous of Abel. He kills, murders Abel. Here we see the first murder in the history of the world. It comes very early, too, in the story. And we see here that God, creating perfection in the beginning, he saw that everything was good. Quickly things turn. The serpent comes in. Adam and Eve eat of the fruit. And things change from that point. And we see turmoil. We see turmoil to this day. We see evil in this world to this day. Like any great story, the drama comes in quite early. And from that point on, it's how do we create things and bring us back to that point of perfection where things were once good, where we have true peace, true happiness. And that's the story that we read about in this Bible. And we know, too, Uh, In the story, we are also characters. We also are affected by some of the turmoil that happens in this world. And that's why we need someone to come save us. And so we move on here now to another character in the story, which is Noah. So Noah comes into the story in Genesis 5. We see the family of Adam. Whenever the devil tries to come in or evil tries to come in to block what God has planned, God still is able to restore things. Because as opposed to us and Jesus Christ coming and even Noah coming through that worldly line of Cain, God has a replacement. Adam and Eve have a child named Seth. And we see the details of the godly line of Seth. So Noah comes from that godly line of Seth. Jesus Christ comes from that godly line of Seth. In turn, we come from that line too. Jesus had a plan. He always has a plan when it may seem that something else tries to block it. And he has that plan for us. Sometimes we just have to be patient and wait to see how that lines up. So we first hear about Noah in chapter 5. Noah represents the 10th generation from Adam. So Lamech, his father, he had a son named Noah. In the Bible, it says that Noah meant something. It meant that this one will comfort us because there was a plan for Noah. Jesus Christ speaks to Noah. Noah represents something. Uh, He's shown here as the righteousness of God, and we're going to kind of learn about a little bit of this. So we see here the ages of this genealogy were very long. Uh, As we read in chapter 5, we have Adam, 930 years old. I mean, he lived a long life, right? Seth, 912 years. Methuselah, 969 years. Noah, 950 years. Imagine what we could do with that amount of time, and we would probably be very wise if we had that many years on this earth to be able to learn things and to experience things. But we see here that... A lot of the men and women that lived during this time lived very long lives. 
we see also that 20 to 30 percent of factors affecting lifespan are thought to be genetic. Today's average age is around 70 to 80 years old. And after the flood, we see that the lifespan declined. Abraham lived to 175 years old. And after Satan's deception, which prompted Eve to disobey God's command, this changed their minds and bodies profoundly. And it's still a mystery to us, a mystery that that God knows the answer to as to, to how the people in that day lived as long as they live. But we see here when evil comes into this world, it affects things and it changed things quite drastically uh, as time went on. And we could kind of witness that ourselves. And we see here uh, in the story with Noah, right? Noah is playing a role where the flood comes. God warns Noah of something, as the Bible says, that was unforeseen. You know, maybe during this day it's thought that, that you know, possibly they might not have seen rain or water even in that day. And Noah is getting told to build this ark. Think about the people that are surrounding him and he's building something that is massive. He's building it on dry land for an unforeseen event that is going to occur. But we see here that Noah shows this ability to listen to God and to show great faithfulness in the works that he does. Noah in Genesis 5.32 was 500 years old when building the ark. Uh, We don't know exactly how long the time was that it took him to build the ark, but we see here that in Genesis 7, 6, he was 600 years old when the flood came. So it could have taken Noah a long period of time to actually build this ark that God was telling him to build. But I think even this part where he's building the ark, you know, and they call him the preacher of righteousness, in him even building the ark, it sometimes, we could be preaching to others, actually physically communicating the word of Christ to others. In other cases, it could be, spoken in a different way. You know, as Dave Ramsey says, more is caught than taught. And I think about one of my buddies that I used to work with, and we didn't speak about God a lot, but he knew where I stood on that issue. And I remember his brother died one day, and I called him to see how he was doing. And he said a few weeks later that that call that I had when him and I were praying, and we were talking about what good could come out of this death, which you think about that, what good could come out of death? But we know that Jesus Christ died on the cross and there was a lot of good that came out of that death, right? He was almost that sacrificial lamb to, you know, one lamb for for all of us, right? Um, he dies on the cross for all of us. He could be, he was that lamb that 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 represented all of us. And so sometimes one death could, Uh, bring great change and if my friend through that death is able to have a conversation with me and now start to think about the importance of life and how serious it is and where would I go where is my brother right now and not knowing the answer to that but knowing that he could save him and his family maybe it was worth it right we don't want to wish that upon anyone but maybe he could make that right still and see the benefit of it and at the end 
my friend gets saved and he says to me, one of the reasons that I was, I used to look at you and, and one of the reasons why I want to take this step of believing in Jesus Christ is because I used to see how you acted, Dennis. And it wasn't anything I said, it was just things that I did. And it makes us think too, as believers, people are always watching us. We have a responsibility to be examples to others. And that's what I was to him as an example. And so sometimes for even the story with Noah building the ark, maybe he wasn't always preaching the word, but building the ark, he was an example of something. And if people are asking him, what are you doing? And he's explaining to them that he's listening to God, his Savior, and they might not even know who God was at that point. And he's explaining to them what, who told him this and why that's important that he told them that, why he's listening. Just him building the ark could be an example of what he's doing. And later on, as people begin to think about it and lives become changed, they could think about the fact that this person was building an ark for an unforeseen event and showing this great faithfulness. So what a wonderful example. But why did the flood come? We see here that man was evil. There was rampant violence, it says in Genesis 6.11. The people were full of violence. There was a cult sexuality. The Lord said that he regretted creating human beings in Genesis 6.6. Every thought was evil. Now one of the things that we see here is that in Matthew 28, it speaks about the last days looking similar to the days of Noah. And I'm sorry, it's Matthew 24. But for the coming of the Son of Man will be just like the days of Noah. So we see here some examples. And like a lot of things that we see in the Old Testament, they're foreshadows of things to come. So Jesus Christ is showing here that, hey, I had patience, but only for so long. Jesus Christ is going to return. And because he's a just God, and we know how justice works in this country that we live in in America, justice is met when someone has to pay the penalty for their crime. And we see this when we see murder and rape and muggings and people that steal. We want them to get their justice. It's not fair that one could take advantage of someone else. So perfect justice is that you do pay the penalty for your crime. And that's what happens in the story. One of the things that we learn here is the wickedness of man is great. We are all sinners and we deserve judgment. Sin leads to death. So we see that in the Bible. Through one man came sin. Through sin, death. And it affects everything. It's like a cancer. It's like anything that happens in this world that's not good. Divorce, rape, child abuse. This affects multiple people. It affects innocent people as well in some cases. Sin affects everything and it permeates everything. And so that's one of the things that we learn in this story here is that sin does affect everything. And we think about this too. Who did this affect when this flood came? It affected the human race he created. It affected animals. It affected birds and any creatures except for Noah, his wife, three sons, and their wives. So you have eight people that get protected from all of this mayhem that happens. We see here this again being kind of a a foreshadowing of things because the flood is a foreshadowing of the final judgment 
God coming back, right? The second coming of Christ, and we, we know that there's a judgment that comes with that. The ark being a foreshadowing of the final judgment. Because the ark, those that are in that ark get protected. So Noah being considered righteous, and it wasn't so much Noah's doing, right? We, we know that it's God's grace. So Noah is saved by God's grace. Noah, is his salvation is based upon grace, which is not the, the goodness of ourselves. It's God showing his goodness upon us. We see here also Noah having faith by building that ark. So it's Noah's faith. And we see this multiple times because Abel showed faith, which is what allowed him to be, uh, his, his sacrifice to be chosen by God. Enoch showed faith in uh, Genesis 5.18. Because of his faith, he gets rewarded. Noah acts on faith. So he was spared by God because of God's grace. Now, Noah was not without sin, but he trusted God for grace. And we see this in Ephesians. For we have been saved by grace through faith. And that grace is God's goodness. It's, it's the, the gift that he gives to us. And so it shows, and again, this is if we think about this, what a good God it is that he kind of um, picks us out. That's how special we are, right? Because we didn't deserve it, but he picks us out. He chooses us. It's his grace. It's his mercy that gets placed upon us. It's not the goodness, not all the works that we do, but God's grace. Because it says in Ephesians, lest we boast, right? Because if we, if we did try to work our way, then we could potentially boast. It would put us in a position where we may get arrogant to think that we worked to get that. So God shows grace upon us. And so it says in Ephesians, we are saved by grace through faith because it's the faith, the trust that we have in God that His grace is sufficient. That we don't have to work anymore to get that. And that's the faith that we show. And so in, we, we see in the story with Noah, he's showing that example of faith. Things that are unforeseen, these events in Hebrews 11, they speak about that. Things that are unforeseen, he shows faith, he trusts in God that what God is saying is true, and I'm going to build the ark. And that ark begins to be that salvation for him. Eight people get protected, no one is family. We become those people that get protected when Jesus returns because it's God's grace that saves us. We believe that he died on the cross for us. Those that believe become children of God, and we're always protected by him. And so we see here in the story but if not for faith, right? Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Noah shows faith. The grace of God is upon him. We learn something else as well, is that God hates sin. And because he hates sin, and because he's a just God, he has to destroy it. Now, God does not surrender his purpose to fill the earth with man and woman who reflect his glory, so he keeps Noah and his family because he wants to continue things. So he doesn't wipe out everyone, but he does take away certain things that he considers evil. Because when we go back to the world being perfect that we spoke about, there can't be any evil at all. Because that wouldn't be perfection. 
we know that evil affects things and it spreads and we see that over and over. And sometimes we live in a world where God shows us evil so that we could see. We don't choose God because he's so powerful and we're scared of him. We choose God because we know what's best for us. Because we've tasted evil ourselves. We've seen it. And we know how much it affects things. And so sometimes part of the reason that we deal with it and why we are surrounded by it because God wants us to choose things based upon what's right and not because he's all-powerful and he could make us think a certain way or, or, or he could take us out of it. He wants us to, in a way, be able to choose what's right just because we've seen what's wrong. And I love that at the end how we get to, in a way, see this for what it is and we still want to choose it because we know that's the best way. And so we're making a choice that's based upon our own thoughts. And we're doing it because we know what's best for us. And I, and I like how, how it's set up that way. So we see here that God is a God of righteousness and justice. His foundation is built on those two words. Mankind was evil. This has effects throughout all society. The wages of sin is death. So all sin is a capital offense. All sin will lead to that. But if God comes through and he protects us and saves us, and we know that it's through his grace, all we have to do is trust and believe in him. And that's exactly what Noah did. We need to have that faith. That's exactly what Abel did. That's exactly what Enoch did. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. And what we want to do at the end is we want to be near God because God is love. God is life. And that's what we want. He's built that in us to want those things. And so we have to make that right choice. And so we see here the story becoming twofold because it shows us that our lives can either be characterized by trust in Jesus, which that trust in Jesus allows us to be redeemed, or we face his judgment. So we have a choice to make. And it's a wonderful thing that we have choices and freedoms in this world. But we also need to make sure that we are wisely making that right choice. And that's why God is showing patience with us to be able to do that. And that's what I'm here for. I want to be able to explain to people out there that choice that could be made because there are options and there are threats out there. And there are other thoughts that are in the world and they're trying to grab at us. And so what we're trying to do is we're trying to be clear-headed and choose God and choose the Bible because the Bible here, God's story, it's the best explanation for the way things are. It best explains things that we see in this world and even things that we don't see. And so my choice is always to choose what is good, to choose what is right. God is good. God is right. So we will meet again. I love these stories here. I'm learning a lot. I know you're learning a lot. We have another story coming up as well that we're going to speak about next time that we meet. 
I'm excited about this. Abraham is the next person we're going to touch on. This is pretty cool, right? I mean, we've gone through Adam and Eve. We've gone through Cain and Abel. We've gone through Noah. And now we will touch on Abraham next. So get ready for this. I always have a great time with you. Until next time, let's continue on our journey where learning is our destination. As always, have a great week. I know I will. Talk to you later.